focusing on the trials and tribulations of Cal United Football Club. From Dean Walling to Andy Walker and Ivor Brodis to Jamie Burt, we've got it covered. Um, as usual, I'm joined by one of my co-hosts and this week it's Dan McLennan. Dan, how's it going? Not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. It's a bit unusual, isn't it, really, the last few months, having uh, no football to go to. But uh, Yeah, who, who would have thought after the, uh, the game against Newport that that would be our season finished, you know? Yeah. Not not a bad way to end the season, but a bit of a no, shame. No, we, really. we, we played quite up. well that night, to be fair, didn't we? I, I know originally I think we'd planned to do uh, our next pod after that game the following Saturday for memories. Yeah, I think that was the next one we were looking at. In fact, no, it wasn't because I was supposed to be the Berlin derby that weekend. Ah, that's right, bit of bitter memory that for me now, so yeah. <laughs> but never mind. Um, yeah, so yeah, we finally given the podcast a name thanks to all the suggestions we received. I think someone did suggest... The name Brunson Bugle, but I haven't been able to track it down. I knew you were suggesting it, Dan. Yeah, so, there the yeah. did used to be a, a club publication in the, I think it was the late 80s, that was called the Brunton Bugle. It was a sort of a short lived sort of newspaper style letter from memory. Yeah. Uh, you don't you don't see many of them about, so if anyone does have any lying about, feel free to give me a shout. Yeah, that'd be a good bit of memorabilia to get, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, just while we mention memorabilia, uh, for anyone listening, uh, as, a, as a member of the Calais United supporters groups, I've sort of taken charge of collecting, collating and cataloguing the free seas. Uh, any unwanted Carlisle United memorabilia. Obviously, with uh, the two floods in 05 and 15, the club lost a hell of a lot of stuff. And they're trying to rebuild their, their basically, their history, you know. So yeah. if anyone does have uh, have anything, just uh, get in touch through the website or on our email and uh, I'll get back to you. Yep, definitely. I would uh, 100% advise to do that if you've got anything that... You're quite happy for the club to have. That'd be great. Uh, did you like the four names that I mentioned in the introduction there? Uh, the, yes, yes. Uh, an interesting <laughs> assortment. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and do a different four each uh, each episode. And <laughs> see, see how desperate I get with some of them. Like so. we've got we've got plenty of one game wonders to uh, yeah. to go through. Well, I thought you know put a couple of good ones in and a couple of uh, duds, shall we say? Yeah, uh, yeah. Andy Walker obviously was a short-lived signing, wasn't he? In the uh, yeah ninety-nine zero season, I think under Wilkinson. Yeah, it would have been about then. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so before we get started, I'd like to give everyone an idea of what we're going to be doing going forward with the podcast. So, as we'll be covering later, it's unclear as to when League Two football will be returning, whether it's with or without fans. 
So we're going to try and record these episodes remotely with a variety of guests and maybe thought interview with ex-UFC players and staff thrown in. We'll do some semi-regular newsy style episodes looking at the latest developments at CUFC and in the EFL as we get them. We'll also be doing some feature episodes covering a variety of topics, things like looking back at great seasons, profiles on all-time great players, classic matches, and look at other topics like kits and worst loan signings and stuff like that. So that's the boring introduction out of the way. Let's get started with episode one. Okay, Dan, so the first thing we're going to discuss today is United's retained list. Now, it's been a few weeks since it was published, and apologies for not recording sooner, but we've had a few technical difficulties, plus we wanted to see if there was any uh, further developments from the EFL, and as you'll see later on, there's been pretty much nothing. We'll start off chatting about those that have been let go. Now, there's a few names we in there that we expected to go. Kieran Kerr, Louis Gray, and Nathaniel Knight Percival. No major surprises there for those three. We fully expected that they were going to go. Another who maybe wasn't a surprise, but shame to see go, is Kelvin Atuu was excellent last season, but that injury at Grimsby has just ruined his final year with us, really, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, age age isn't on his side either. You know, the, the Kelvin Atua of the season before last would have been an asset. After over a year out, you you have to wonder what A, his fitness will be like, and B, his mental state after such a long injury. So, I mean... I, I think most of us expected that Etuu would move on. Uh, as you, the three you mentioned earlier, uh, no complaints there either. You know, Kerr was your typical, given one year, hasn't pushed on. He'll probably end up at Workington or Penrith or Kendall or somewhere. Yeah, you know? you'd have thought so, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think with Etuu, it, it is a real shame though, isn't it? Because that first season, he'd struggled to settle in really, didn't he? But the second season, he, he was outstanding and... Just really unlucky to pick that injury up right at the end, and yeah, that's probably put, explains why we're able to get him. Really, is the fact that he was so injury prone throughout his career. Yeah, he's one of those players who uh, he reminds me a bit of Danny Kadamatri. I always said a fit Danny Kadamatri would have been nowhere near Carl United. Of course, obviously he had his he had his injury problems when he was with us. Uh, uh, but just uh, talking Etu being midfield leads us on to we're basically going to have a brand new midfield next season. You know, Nathan yeah. Thomas has gone back to Sheffield United. Mike Jones has been released. The likes of McCurdy and Scoogle. It's uh, it's going to be all changing the centre of the park. Oh, oh definitely. It's an area where when we'll, later on we'll, we'll look at the current makeup of the squad, which is looking very young at the moment. We'll discuss that later. But um, I think the next sort of group of players that have been let go, you'd say the ones that never really stamped down a place in the team, so probably the right decision to let them go, even if there is a bit of potential there. So that's, for me, the three is Idale, Skoogle and Sagaf. Sagaf's maybe the one that a few fans will be a bit miffed about seeing going, but he never really kicked on after that good yeah, start, did he? No, he, he, he flitted in and out under Presley, and I think it was fairly obvious early on under Chris Beach that... Sagaf didn't really fit into his plans. I know there was a bit of an alluding to him maybe not trying as hard in training if he wanted to get into the team. We'll we'll never know the truth about that because that it's always hearsay with that sort of yeah, stuff. He never really pinned down a position, did he? Either really, that was one of his other issues. No, he played no. up front for a bit, played as wing back as well, and. I, I think I think also the fact that we played the front three with the likes of Thomas and McCurdy didn't really fit 
in with the way Sagaf would play. He sort yeah. of struck you as a number 10 style player, which we didn't really utilise much no. last season. No. And, and again, that's probably the problem that's affected Skugel. You know, he's he's never really settled in a position. He's, he's probably too small to play deeper central. And we we haven't played the right system for him to play behind the striker, which is probably where he would have looked best. He's got um, technical ability, Skugel, hasn't he? He's just, just one of those players where you struggle to fit him in a team like ours, don't you, really, when you need players yeah, to, yeah, to he's, do a job for you. He's, it's I, I think with, with the likes of Skugel, you need to build a team around him yeah. as opposed to slotting him into a team. But uh, it'd be interesting to see where he ends up. I've I've a feeling he could end up back up the road in Scotland. Yeah, championship. Because I know I know, I know there's some I know there's uh, one or two clubs fans were sort of quite vocal about oh we'd have him up here. Yeah. But uh, and that, as for Idale, I think Idale was solid enough League Two defender, but once uh, Beach brought Anderton in, it was fairly obvious that Anderton was his first choice, and I think. For Idale, he's just going to, uh, he was going to be on the bench at best, wasn't he? Yeah, no. by all accounts, he was, uh, he's back in Australia now, isn't he? So I imagine he might be looking at getting himself a move over there, I would have thought, and maybe playing up against uh, um, Tom Aldred and Ma- um, Macaulay Gaspie next season. Possibly, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise to see him end up in the uh, the Air League, where I'd, I don't think I'll watch a few games on a Saturday morning and. I'd quite fancy us if we played in it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. By the other, by the odd imported player. Yeah, definitely. Okay, and uh, finally we come to the final three, the ones that probably caused the most consternation. Um, Adam Collin, Mike Jones, and Harry McCurdy. We'll start with Collin. He's been pretty much ever present in the league and non-trophy that we don't speak of cup games uh, since he replaced Joe Fryer back in August 2018. Decision to bring Dewhurst in on loan on January. Suggested that Beach was already starting to plan for next season, wasn't he? In the goalkeeper position, at least. Yeah, I mean, Colin Colin lives sort of between Mansfield and Nottingham by all accounts. And when when he when he did sign for us uh, two summers ago, he, he actually people forget he actually came in as a number two. Yeah. To uh, to Fryer, and obviously when Fryer got his bad injury, we were lucky to have that sort of experience to take over. Um, I know there was a bit of fuss last summer about his. Uh, he wanted a better contract because he basically signed a number two contract, yeah. which what on one side of the coin I could understand. On the other, he signed that contract. You know, yeah. it's, it's one of those difficult you know, balances, isn't it? You, yeah, you yeah. want to reward a player for doing so well, but at the yeah. same time, you think you did sign that deal. So, yeah, well, I, I think I think he's been looking to to go back down, sort of. To uh, the Midlands, where he's based, so it's yeah. it's probably a, a mutual part, and he'll go with people's best wishes. Yeah, and obviously the the next one, McCurdy. Now, I think this is the one that's probably divided the fans most because I was looking on the uh, "Be Just and Fear Not" Facebook group event. There's some fans who look at him as one of their villains, as Carlisle fans, which I I find a little bit unusual, but it, it's an interesting one that he's he, the fans he's... have never quite talked to him, have they? He's definitely Marmite, isn't he? Yeah. You know, I mean, um, I was in the pro McCurdy camp, you know, at the end of the day, he was double-figure goals, not far behind with assists. Yes, he'd have quiet games where he'd be marked out of them and kicked mm. all over the pitch. And yes, he did twine a bit when that happened, but 
you know, like for instance, the Cardiff home replay. If he's in the mood, he could terrorise any defence in this league. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, that Cardiff def was a championship defence, and he, he had them on toast all night. You know, he was they didn't know what to do with him, and people forget he's he's still officially the top scorer in the uh, this season's <laughs> FA Cup. FA Cup, yeah, he is. It's true. <laughs> yeah, but, people uh, forget that. But yeah. No, I mean there was. There was a bit of stuff with some fans. Uh, was it Walsall where he scored, and there was a bit of uh, celebrating. That was the issue. Yeah, he just seemed a bit disjointed from from the fan base ever since. And I mean, I, I don't think he lacked effort, did he? I don't think he lacked no, effort. No, I, I actually bumped into I bumped into him down at the club when I was picking a ticket up for a friend, and he had a little chat with me, and he he seemed he seemed a cracking kid, you know. And I, I think. People forget he was only was it twenty one, twenty two, you know, and yeah. his first full season of proper football. But I'm I'm pretty sure he'll be easily snapped up. There'll be oh. plenty of clubs will look and think, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the League One clubs looking him. I really wouldn't. I think there'll be maybe one or two think he's maybe worth a punt on the the way. Yeah, 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 well. yeah. But he's he's one of those ones. Well, I don't think I don't think he ever really settled up here personally as well. I think. He, he lives down in Stoke, and he, he always seemed to be pining to get down south, really, didn't he? He's, so I mean, it might be one of those ones that suits both parties, really. I know, I know Chris Beach made some very specific comments on the radio about him, didn't he? And the fact that, you know, he wanted players who were committed to the club, and he didn't feel that Harry was committed. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I actually think that was maybe a little bit harsh. I mean, at the end of the day, the lads come, come to all these training sessions. He, he's played when he's been fit and he's he's performed in a few of those games but as as you said he didn't really want to be he didn't really want to be this far north and he probably goes with most fans best wishes you know and yeah. you just know if he does sign for one of our rivals it's he'll have a game of his life when we you know, play the game is like he'll get him. booed off the pitch by our fans so you can guarantee he'll, he'll it probably score two goals but get a red card yeah. you know properly take all the mm. headlines Give a give two fingers to the beast hand as well, probably or something. But I'm surprised. Yeah. yeah. And finally, onto the last player um, to be let go, uh, probably the one that's the saddest a lot is uh, Mike Jones, who had been looking in pretty decent shape under Beach. He'd fought his way back into the team, but he is 32. He's not getting any younger. We think he's got particular personal circumstances that mean being back down in the Manchester area. That area works better for him. So it again, might be one of those ones that suits both parties, but. Again, quite sad to see him go because he's been a brilliant servant over the last few years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's a proper no nonsense, no fuss, solid professional, very fit lad by all accounts. Yeah. You know, he's, I think he's a he's a personal trainer as a as a side sort of thing. Uh, I know when his name appeared on the list, there was fans of a few clubs, sort of as you say in the Manchester area, were like, hey. Wouldn't mind him here, you know, yeah. and I, I don't think he'll struggle to get a team, you know, despite how many players are going to be available. I think he's probably a little bit gutted because he always said he wanted to to help Carlisle go up. He, yeah. I think that was a little bit of a mission for him, but uh, I think, yeah, I think you it's know. the club we, we've been he's, he's played for the most. I think could be wrong on that. I'll have to check the stats, but I've, I've, I have a feeling he's played more games for us than any other club. So. Would make sense if he'd had a decent connection with us as well. So, so yeah, quite pretty sad to see Mike Jones go. Um, goes with all our best wishes, of course. So 
Yeah, and he's one of those that would get an actual decent round of applause when he returned, you know. Okay, so we've looked at the players who've been released now. Let's move on to the ones who've been offered contracts. We'll start with Luis Alessandra because he's been offered a one-year deal and has actually signed that one-year deal now with one of those uh, famous options thrown into the bargain. Uh, done pretty well since he's come up, hasn't he? So no real arguments there with him getting a new deal? Yeah, no-nonsense, solid League 2 player, knows what it's about in this division, bit of experience. Bit of nelson, he's, isn't it, really? That's what he's he, got. Yeah, he's not going to score you 15, 20 goals, but I bet he's involved in 15, 20 goals. Not even last ball, but starting the move. You know, he, he holds it up well, he lays it off, and he, he seems to have a knack of knowing where to put it, you know. so Yeah, like, like Mike Jones, he keeps plus, himself in good shape, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's versatile as well, you know. He can play up front, he can play at 10, he can play on the sides, he can play midfield, you know, he's... He's not a bad option to have in the squad, you know. I know one or two fans don't seem overly keen on him, but uh, I think with if we get a full pre-season, I think he could uh, keep a few of them quiet next season. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he's a decent player. And for me, I'm I'm happy enough to have him in there. Good bit of experience up front, kind of play. Probably not going to moan if he's on the bench for a few games as well. He's not going to be too disappointed. He's going to work hard to get himself. No, back in no, the team, no, so. definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, no massive shock to see Geffen Jones offer another twelve-month deal. Um, he might have been looking in January and thinking, you know, I saw you in March even when the coronavirus kicked in, and thinking, I wish I'd signed that eighteen-month deal in January instead of the six-month <laughs> yeah, one he did. Yeah, but yeah. as it is, he's been offered the extra year anyway. Um, decent player, not signed the deal yet. Um, I'd imagine with the way things are, he'd probably look at it and think to himself, well. You know, other clubs are probably not going to be in a great state at the moment. So if they're offering me a twelve-month deal, I should probably consider taking it. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's quite clearly one of the better uh, right backs in League Two. Yeah, uh, I think he played pretty much every minute once he came in as well, didn't he? He's, yeah, he's clearly an, another who's a fit lad and looks after himself. And it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if one or two clubs maybe had a little look at him. Yeah, but it's like kind of whether t- they can move for yeah. him, you know. I think you've previously mentioned Salford, no, haven't you? That would be a club that. Might yeah, I, I know. I know when we were talking between ourselves, uh, you, you would imagine someone like Salford having a look, as I know they've released a right back recently. But, yeah. uh, but hopefully, he signs on and stays. Yeah, his adaptability is a big key as well, isn't it? Because he can play right back, he can play left back, he can play as a holding midfield. I'd imagine he could probably play centre back if he has to play there as well. So he's yeah, a kind of player yeah, who's a yeah. really important one to have in the squad. Okay, um, now on to the. Other two players have been offered new deals. Now, these are the ones that caused probably the most discussion in the whole definitely, release list. Definitely. Jack Bridge and Byron Webster. We'll start with Byron Webster because actually, as much as it has caused a bit of discussion, I think he's probably earned the right to have this deal because, yes, he started out pretty duff in the first half season. No arguments about that. He was pretty dreadful in some games. He was making a lot of mistakes. But for the last few months of the season, I think he's probably been one of our best players. I think he, he genuinely, him and Hayden have looked a really good partnership potential there to build something really solid. He's got years of experience as well, and it can be difficult to find players like that who settle down. Sometimes they can take a while to settle, so now he's settled. I think it's probably a sensible move to, to give him that extra year. I think one thing a lot of us forget with Webster as well, when, when he did come to us at the start of the season... He hadn't played that much football in the couple of years previously due to his injuries. That's true, that's true. And I, I often wondered if that was maybe a factor. And 
because the team was in such a, a transitional stage, he just didn't settle straight away. Whereas once we got into the new year and we had a bit more settled side, he, he definitely calmed down. Uh, the emergence of Hayden, as you as you mentioned, that's definitely been a help. You, you would actually think Hayden was the more experienced player the way he finished the season. Yeah. But it, it'd be interesting to see if he takes his offer because... I just, I, I just think he might not. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just, think, mm. I just think he might not. But uh, no, definitely on second half of the season, he, he probably deserves a chance for another year. Yep, Jack Bridge. Now, he's an interesting one because uh, you, you'll remember when we went to Orient away, uh, first half of the season. Um, he, I can't remember if he came off. He started the game, but he was having a bit of a stinker. And I was giving him some proper jip from the stand. And it wasn't until afterwards when we saw this group of people who sat in front of us walk to the front and went and shook his hand, we realised we'd been sat behind his family for the whole game and we'd given him <laughs> sick, which is yeah. ty- typical of us when we go to games, really, isn't it? But um, that's yeah, an yeah. interesting one, because I don't think there's much doubt that technical, technically-wise and you know the way he can you know control a ball and dribble everything, he's a good footballer. He's got ability... But it's his decision making, and it's, he's, he's one of these. His best position is as well. It's the problem, be, isn't it? Be, because of his ability, he would probably do better at League One level than League Two. Yeah, you know, which I know sounds a bit daft, but where you just get that half a second more on the ball, he would actually probably be more effective at League One yeah. level. I know towards the end, well, towards the last couple of games, he he played wide right a couple of times and. He definitely looked a lot better player. Oh, there. definitely, definitely. That, that game know. of Forest Green, I think, was probably one of the best examples of it. He, yeah, yeah. He looked excellent in that game, and you thought, "All right, maybe there is a player in there." And Beach has clearly watched him in training. He hasn't started him every game, but he's seen enough to yeah, make him think, yeah. "Actually, this lad is worth giving another year, and maybe we'll work." And actually, I think the biggest problem for him as well is he needs to pin down a position. I don't think he's got enough about him to play as a central midfielder. I don't think I think the game passes him by a little bit too much in that position. Whereas I think if you put him on the wing, he's got a, you know a clear area where he knows he has to work, and he has got ability. He can beat him, man, and he and he can put a cross in. So you know he's one that I probably would have let go if I'm brutally honest. But I can see the reasoning why, and I think he deserves another chance maybe to prove that he has got the ability to play for us. Yeah, yeah, I I can see be I can see Bridge staying. Uh... It'll be a lot of it'll be interesting to see how Chris Beach sets us up next season because with the personnel we had this season just finished, we suited playing with uh, McCurdy and Thomas where they played. Now both of them gone, I wonder if we'll see a change to maybe a more four four two type setup, or will he keep a four three three, or will he maybe even go? Three five two, you know, yeah, but we haven't really got anything to work on, have we? Because he's not no. been a manager before, so we don't know exactly what his thoughts are. Obviously, it depends on the recruitment as well, really, and who he can bring, and that'll be the one of the key factors in whether he's able to play the formation he wants to play. But it's going to be an interesting few months in terms of that, I suppose, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Right. Well, that's uh, wrapped up all the uh, release list. So uh, we'll just take a little quick break, and then we'll come back and look at the makeup of the squad for this season and discuss that a bit. Right, 
Hello everyone, welcome back to uh, the Brunton Bugle. Uh, okay, so we've looked at the release list. Now it's time to look at the makeup of the squad for this season coming. So I'm going to run through the areas of the pitch. Goalkeeper, defence, midfield, attack, and let's see we've got in those positions. <laughs> I was going to say a goalkeeper <laughs> won't take very long. <laughs> the goalkeeper one's going to be very quick. But anyway, so let's go through them. So goalkeeper, none. Defence, <laughs> Hayden, Hunt, Anderton, Barnes. G. Jones and Webster, obviously there's stars in their names because we're not 100% sure yet. Birch, Lightfoot, Wilson. Midfield, Mellish, Guy, Charters, Dixon, Armstrong. And attack, Alessandra and Patrick. So, discussion point first up, no goalkeeper. <laughs> that's that's the big one, isn't it, obviously? So there's a big gaping hole in the squad there. Um you would imagine Dewhurst is going to come back on loan because it was clear that the reason he was brought in was to see how he fitted in and whether the club were keen to bring him back. And from what Beecher said, yeah. since, he, he seems quite happy to bring him back if he can. My, the, the only, I'd have no problem with that, but the, the major question will be, is he experienced enough to be a League 2 number one? You know what I mean? We've, we've had the likes of Shamal George was a similar type of loan coming from a big club got his chance clearly wasn't ready and he he's never he's well i think he's playing for marine and he was on loan at marine this season yeah. that says a lot really yeah um if we do take dewhurst with a view to number one we could do with an experienced number two just to help bring him on but be ready to play if needed you know it'll be interesting to see and there's not been many retained lists come out. I think, I think there's about ten or eleven in our league so yeah. far. It'll be interesting to see what keepers are available out there because I think having two young lads would be a mistake. If if we are going to have someone like Dewhurst, you'd sort of be looking for an Adam Collin type keeper, wouldn't yeah. you? We got we got lucky a few years ago with that Shamal George situation in that Jack Bonham actually in the end turned it out to be a fairly decent goalkeeper. Um, but there was a stage where there was a bit of worry that we've got two keepers here who aren't quite ready to be playing first-team football. That was the worry about Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I, it's also, I, I would hope, if Dewhurst does come back, that the other keeper is our keeper and not from another team. Going into mm. a season with two lone keepers as your main keepers is a very risky strategy. Yeah. Maybe on a later episode we'll discuss some transfer rumors. It's going to be difficult this summer because we, no one knows what's going to happen going forward with football. But I mean, I know one name that you always like to mention every uh, summer is Cammy Bell, don't you? You always think he's one we should go for. Um, Joe Fryer is another just, name potentially. You know, well, has Joe Fryer ever played another game of football? Because he he's, yeah. he's still at Middlesbrough as far as we're aware. Yeah. Uh, I've checked on their website a couple of times and. I've not really seen him down as playing for the reserves, etc. You know, I, I think Middlesbrough had about seven goalkeepers <laughs> on the the website. So, you know, yeah. do, do they all take turns playing for the under twenty threes or something? But it'd be interesting to see where where he's at because he looked good, be, didn't he? In he'll, few he'll be he'll be coming on for mid twenties, and the, the lads hardly played a game. You know, he's a he's a typical academy academy player yeah. nowadays. Sadly, where they get to nearly the mid-twenties, and they maybe played 20 games, if that, you know. But... He, he did look a good player, though, when he was on loan. I think. Oh, yeah, he, definitely. He played five definitely. games, I know, but he looked, in those five games, he, yeah, he looked like he had something about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah just going back uh, to Cammy Bell, he's just, 
one of those players. He's he's sort of become a, a journeyman round Scotland in the last two or three years after he was at Rangers. Uh, but he's 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 from Dumfries, I think it is. Yeah. He's just always struck me, similar to Greg Fleming, actually. That he's just always struck me as one of them players that would end up playing for us at some point. And mm. he, I th- I think he actually ended this season at Queens Park, which. He's a better keeper than that level. I, yeah. I understand got a bit... there was a bit of money involved yeah. from a sponsor or something. So, yeah. So um, yeah, so defence. We're looking pretty well stocked there. Um, a decent mix of experience and youth, if, if you include Jones and Webster as having signed. Let's just make a presumption there that right now. Obviously, no guarantee they will. There's a decent mix there, isn't there? Well... You can basically split it into two camps. You've got your experienced, even though they're not very experienced, bar Webster. You've got your first choice would obviously be Jones and Anderton as fullbacks, and probably Hayden and Webster with uh, Max Hunt being first replacement. You've got five players there. We we know what they're about. And then the other four lads, which is Barnes, Birch, Lightfoot and Wilson are all classed as developmental seems to be the term for them nowadays first year pros to me and you and and from what I understand I think one's a right back one's a left back and two are centre backs so we've got providing Jones and Webster do sign we've got two left backs two right backs and five central defenders and that's You'd That's on the premise uh, that you mentioned. Mellish is classed as a midfielder now. But he can't play there. So you wonder if maybe he might look there and think, probably don't need to sign another defender, maybe. Or maybe just one in there, maybe just add a bit more. Yeah, but, well, obviously, like you say, it depends on whether Jones and Webster sign. If if they do, I'd be very surprised to see many more defenders coming in. No, definitely not. Obviously, if they don't, we'll, we'll need a replacement. But yeah. no, we're pretty stocked there. Yeah. Midfield, um, lots of youth and promise, but really lacking in experience when you look there. Yeah. Um, Mellish is a player, obviously, that Beach seemed really keen on in midfield. Guy, we didn't really get to see much of him, but he looked fairly solid from what we saw. Yeah. And then the other three, Charles Dixon and Armstrong. Well, Dixon really shone in pre-season those couple of games he played. And then obviously had that bad injury, and you can't necessarily expect that he's going to play every game when he comes back straight away yeah uh, of the young lads uh, I'm quite honest I don't really know much about Armstrong I have asked a couple of uh, lads who watch the youths a bit and they said he's he's a decent enough player uh, Charter's obviously sort of stepped up as our man on the bench when Branthwaite moved out the squad you yeah, know having the old home, homegrown yeah uh, and to be fair to Charters, he came on, was it maybe just shy of a dozen times? Yeah. He, he didn't He didn't look out of place. He looked no, he, all right. He slotted in but, like he was just a, a player. Not, he didn't shine brightly in the way that Branfay would in games, but he, he looked no, solid no. enough. Yeah, yeah. And that, that leaves us with uh, Josh Dixon. He's been dreadfully unlucky with his two serious injuries in two seasons. Uh, by all accounts, he's recovered. And if he can come back firing on all cylinders and make an impact in, in friendlies like he did in that Hibs game originally yeah. last season, we'll uh, we'll hopefully have a good young prospect on our hands. Definitely. And uh, up top, we're looking very light at the moment, aren't we? Obviously, Alexander signing is good because it's a bit of experience there. Um, kind of player who's 
useful and play a few positions. And I have to say, I thought Amari Patrick actually looked quite impressive in a few of the games towards the uh, the end of the season. And listening to him talk on the official website over the summer, I think he's going to become a really popular player. You know, he, he strikes me as a really good character. That, you know, in the kind of sort of the way fans really talk to players, like I'm trying to think down the years. You know, people like you, Keith Walwyn. As I'd say, like you know, your Rod Thomases or your. Um, Warren Aspinall's. I'm basically trying to think of players with real characters and fans really talk to them, really. And yeah. That's the yeah, kind of player, the way I get the impression from him. Yeah, yeah. No, um, and also, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise to see Joshua Coyote come back on loan. Yeah, I think he's one you'd expect, wouldn't you? Yeah, because him and Patrick seem to start to be uh, getting a little bit of an understanding when the, the season was curtailed and uh, both young lads, but with a, a, a wiser old head in Alessandra. Might just learn a couple of things off him, and that would only be uh, only be good for us. I think of the other loan signs we've mentioned previously that we don't expect Lofton Olamola to be coming back anytime soon. Um, Thomas, I think clearly he's keen to bring him back, but there's an issue there in terms of wages. I think he's towards the end of his contract with um, Sheffield United now, isn't he? I think it's the end of this ends this summer. Yeah, but he's yeah. on a big wage, and you'd imagine there'd be League One clubs sniffing the, around. Well, the the, the, the worst thing that happened for us was Sheffield United getting promoted because apparently his wage nearly doubled, which <laughs> yeah. it was a hefty wage anyway, and it doubled again when they got promoted. So it's uh, yeah. It's, I think we might still have a chance. I just think it depends. Yeah, on I, I think what I think it, one interest is there. I think it was basically doing a bit of groundwork, wasn't it? You know, just. You're entitled to have a look, rightfully so. But if nothing comes, We'd you know, you know, you're welcome here. It's not too far for you from home, and uh, come come and talk to us if uh, nothing happens. I think I think that's the bit that might work in our favour, the location wise, because we saw he went to Shillingham on loan, and clearly did not settle there at all. Ends up back with us on loan. It depends on which League One club show interest. I think that's the key thing. If let's say. Even if like if Bradford showed interest, we might be in trouble there. We might not get him because it's a lot closer to home, much easier for him. So it, it depends really on that. Um, Elliot Watt, be interesting to see where he ends up. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a League One club ended up with him. Yeah, you, He's could, you, could, you could see him doing similar to uh, Callum O'Hare, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely. You know, make, making that step up and uh, then looking to push on again. As he, he clearly he had he had a range of passing and I, I always remember watching his debut at Cardiff. I think it was ten minutes in. He was running around the pitch screaming orders, and I, you were like, yeah. "You're not shy, lad. You know, you're, you're clearly more than comfortable at this level." You know, the contrast between him and Canice Carroll in terms of ability when we watched the two of them uh, was was pretty like light and day, wasn't it? Really, when yeah. You look yeah. back at it now, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I think I agree. I think he'll end up at a high level. I think the positive we look at there, though, is that we've looked after him and he's done well here and he's settled in well. I'd imagine Wolves will look and say, that's a decent club we can loan players to. Now. And and he's, uh, he's a Preston lad, isn't he? So it's yeah. not that not that far yeah. uh, a trick for him, you know. And yeah. he clearly is also, was it a Scotland under 21, was it? I think he under 19, he might play for. 19, so, far, so yeah. So if, if, he has, if he does keep getting call-ups, Obviously, being uh, based here would be uh, handy for that. But I'll, I'll be honest, I think we're a bit of wishful thinking here. Yeah, no, I don't think he'll be coming back. But I think Wolves might look at him and think, well, there's a 
club we can loan other players to. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. By all accounts, they have a very good under twenty three side. They've uh, hoovered up a lot of good talent over the last few years, so they might be a club potentially that we uh, develop good links with. Um, yeah. Okay, so finally we're going to round up uh, the CEFC section here. Um, we're going to talk quickly about a few ex-Blues who are in the news this week, or the last few weeks at least. Um, first up, former United keeper Michael Lesby has turned down a new contract at SPL side Motherwell after 67 first-team appearances for them over the last couple of seasons. Rumour destination is his boyhood club, Newcastle United, to be third-choice keeper. It could move for Mark if he gets that really. Yeah, a, a lot of Motherwell fans uh, were sorry to see him go. I uh, I think he'd kept something like 17 clean sheets this season and was on course for the club record of 20. And there was a few who were a bit gutted that he never got the chance to do that, but... It, look, he's, he's a lad from the northeast. I, I think he started at Newcastle as a yeah, schoolboy, didn't he? Got, he got we let go when he was sixteen. That's when we, we picked, picked him up. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think it, if it is true, I think it would be uh, be the, the dream move for him, wouldn't it? You it's know? No brainer, isn't it? As well, you you get you get you paid what six seven grand a week or something like that, or more to sit on the bench or not even sit yeah. on the bench in Newcastle. Be stepping I've I've always been a Gillespie fan. If if he did play a few games, I don't think he'd let anyone down, you know. He's, no, no, he's a, he's he's a good, solid keeper, you know. Yep. Okay, um, briefly we'll touch uh, on this one. Ex-United Loneys, Hayden White and Jordan Cook have been released by Mansfield and Grimsby, respectively. Cook's an unusual one, isn't it? Because you would have thought he would have kicked on after the way he played for us, but looking back at it, at his best spell of his career was when he was on loan with us. Yeah, it was, he, he ended up at, was it Charlton after yeah. Sunderland? It's a strange and it just yeah. just never never really happened, and he's he sort of just flitted about since. And I actually got a look when I when I looked him up on uh, soccer base. I think he was nearly thirty, and I was like, "Bloody hell!" Yeah, you you know, that. yeah. When did he turn thirty? He was. <laughs> I'm sure he was only about twenty one when he was here. You know, but yeah, well, then you forget that was um. It was eight years was, ago, wasn't eight, it? Eight yeah, nine years ago now. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's an unusual one. And Hayden White, unusual one, isn't he? He, was, he blew hot and cold when he was with us. We've got full-backs, we don't need one of those, so... Yeah. <laughs> my, my abiding memory of Hayden White is, is the red his card red card at Portsmouth. Card at Portsmouth which... One of the most brain-dead red cards I've seen in my life. He literally <laughs> launched in two foot yeah, for no reason. One of the worst, worst tackles ever. In a Carlisle shirt, and, and amazingly, we've that, had some bad tackles. And that wasn't that wasn't the worst thing about that game, which is the most amazing thing. It was yeah. seeing George Iliev put on a Carlisle United shirt because <laughs> my god, he was dreadful. That, yeah, that lad. Yeah. Well, by all accounts, actually, Iliev. The only reason we got it had him on loan was because I think didn't we have to take him because we had Hayden White. That was the suggestion. Yeah, some some obscure reason nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, the 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 last ex United player we're going to talk about. Uh, probably the most interesting one, actually is a former midfielder, Mark Bridge-Wilkinson, who's now just been appointed as Liverpool's new under-18s manager. Um, three years he was in the Huddersfield Academy from uh, after retiring in 2012 and then joined LFC, coached their under-14s in 2015. Spent the last five years there and he's worked his way to the under-18s job. Done pretty well. Yeah, not, uh, not a bad gig for him. You know, I mean, it seems to be a, a lot of ex-players who are uh, featured in these youth setups now. It would be interesting to see if anyone at the club knows him because I would certainly like to get a couple of players from Liverpool into our mm. squad. Unfortunately, but, uh, 
I think the main person who would know him has just left the club, unfortunately. That's the yeah, the problem yeah. with Dolly, obviously. But yeah, I'm not sure yeah. anyone else. Eric Kinder would probably know him, actually. To be yeah, fair, well, so. I would have thought Kinder would know yeah. him. But uh, unfortunately, with sort of the level that yeah, Liverpool's and Man United's operate, and now it's, it's very rare the, the loan out to League Two, sadly, these days. Gone mm. are the days of getting your, your Man United uh, when we had that season with about mm. four loanies. Yeah, and the Ronnie Wallwork days and stuff like that. But yeah, but no, it's good, yeah, good for Mark yeah. Bridge Wilkinson and uh, can't wait until uh, Chris Beach is sacked and we get the chance to put him on the list of uh, rumoured new managers <laughs> yeah. in about four or yeah, five it's years, all, maybe. It's, all, it's, all, it's always <laughs> fun when uh, we get a betting list up to see the names coming and out. And... You, you wouldn't be surprised if he ended up on the list now, though. Now he's yeah, into a yeah. Slightly in, more senior. In, in fact, next yeah. time it happens, I'm... Deliberately going to ask for the price on him just to get him on it. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Let's take a second here, actually, to say all the best to uh, Neil Dalton, United's uh, physio of many, many years, who's uh, moved on to pastures new. Um, Danny, I know you know Dolly pretty well. Uh, really sad to see him go. Someone who's been part of the furniture Brunham Park for many years. Yeah, I mean, you're talking getting on towards 30 years since he uh, started as a YTS. I mean, I don't think a lot of people realise he actually was sort of like a, a half professional at his, when he first, you know, yeah, came. I, I remember he was in the 94 95 um, programme. He, he was sponsored, wasn't he? One of the players who was sponsored. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, he's, 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 been at, he's been at the club forever. And not just his knowledge, is, you know, he, he is. He, when you say someone is Carlisle United, you probably would say he is, you know. And, Everybody knows him in the town. There's not a local footballer hasn't rang him or texted him or went to him yeah. for advice on an injury, you know. And no, it's uh, it certainly shows how things have changed, you know. There's, you know, you, you would never have thought you'd be talking about someone like Dolly leaving Carlisle United, no. but uh, no, he's uh, off off to Aberdeen by all yeah. accounts, and uh, at least he'll get a couple of European games out of it. Yeah. You know, I mean. A couple of little trips abroad, maybe. Yeah, back yeah. end of uh, Belarus yeah. or somewhere. But... As long as he keeps uh, keeps Sam Cosgrove fit, ready for his uh, <laughs> yeah. move and sell on clothes. Yeah, he, yeah that, can be his, uh, that can be his mission up there. Yeah. But no, it's uh, been a great servant to the club and I'm I'm sure I, I don't speak alone saying that uh, all Carlisle fans wish him the very best in yeah. his uh, future endeavours. Yeah. So that run rounds up the CFC news. We'll take another little break and then we'll go on to some EFL news, focusing mostly on what's happening with League Two. Okay, so we're back now and we'll move straight on to the topic of the end of the League Two season. Now, as you probably know, League Two clubs have agreed to bring the season to a premature end, with football having come to a halt due to the coronavirus pandemic in mid-March. Now, this is still subject to a vote, which we understand will take place at the special EGM of the EFL, bit of a tongue twister there, uh, next Tuesday, which is the 9th of June. The original plans appear to suggest that while the top three would still be promoted and the playoffs would take place, there would be no relegation. Now, that last part is the big sticking point. A few clubs have since come out to say they would still want relegation to happen. Notably, Bradford, who have missed out on the playoffs as a result of the early finish, even though they were in close contention. So, Danny, just some of your initial thoughts. I'm guessing you think it's the right decision to end it, but 
do you agree with Bradford on the relegation issue? For me, definitely, it was the right decision to end. Uh, I know we're not where we were as a country eight weeks ago, but there was hundreds of people dying every day, and to be quite honest, playing games of football just seemed absurd. Uh, obviously, at our level, the financial implications are massive, both in not having football and trying to stage football as a comeback. And I know there was a figure seemed to be going round of, was it 140 grand for testing all your employees? Which, yeah. you know, cl- clubs at our level don't have 140 grand lying about for that. No. But uh, the, the one thing that stands out for it all has been the absolute mess that EFL have made of the entire process. Yeah. You know, was it March the 10th our Newport game was about the last game in League 2? Yeah. And then we got called off on the Friday before Grimsby, which was the right decision at the time. And, you know, they just said, oh, a couple of weeks, we'll see what it's at. But I, I think once we got to late April, everybody knew the league wasn't going to finish. It was obvious. Yeah. And here we are, first week of June. And while the clubs have indicated, it's still not officially over because, as you say, the vote hasn't happened. Do you, you think know, the, it's... The, issue, the big issue there seems to be league one that are causing the problems because we'll get on to them in a minute in more detail but the issue seems to be that league two is quite happy to decide what it's done and end the season championship seems determined to carry on league one don't seem to be able to make their minds up and the champ- maybe the EFL wanted to announce it all in one go rather than yeah i, I think one, one of the major problems is it, it appears as though there's not actually been anything set in the rules for a season having to be voided you know, there's there's no, you know, if this happens, then this happens. From from the start, it's been very, the blind leading the blind, you know. Yeah, and it's difficult. They, they've not had it. It's difficult to predict a global pandemic, I guess, isn't it? So it's one of those things that I'm guessing will be enshrined into the rules going forward. You'd have oh, thought. definitely, definitely. But it's, definitely. the issue there is obviously they're having to make up on the hoof. On the topic of League Two, Stevenage are the ones who are kicking up a fuss seemingly and saying, oh, we don't want relegation. That issue seems to be complicated a little bit, doesn't it, by the Macclesfield problem in that they've been charged with another indiscretion, or whatever you want to call it, um, disciplinary charge, even if you want, that, that's probably the right term, hanging over them. That's where the problem comes in. They're just above Stevenage, and Stevenage seems to be... Yeah, I, th- I think I think they're now three, three points off them, is it? Yeah, I think it's three points. Yeah, off. and... Once, whenever this charge gets heard, you can't finish the league until all these charges are dealt with. And on the fact that they've already lost several points twice, it can only be another deduction, can't it? Which would then likely place them in the bottom place. So You wonder if it might suit them to go down, though, because they clearly struggle to run as a football league club. And the fact that they can't... Yeah, but it, it it wouldn't suit the owner because... It's probably easier to sell a league club than a non-league club. True. So. True. No, but uh, the, the whole thing's been a mess, and hopefully, in the next week or so, we'll finally get the the official confirmations, and uh, teams can then sort of move on and get planning for next season whenever it kicks off. Yeah. Obviously, the relegation issue throws up as well the issue with the national league, in that you've got they seem to be waiting for us to make our minds up. And you feel yeah, like, sorry, yeah, they, they definitely. made the decision quickly. And now they're like, right, well, what are you doing? Because we need to work yeah, out yeah, how yeah. we do this promotion. And I think I think it would be very harsh. I mean, Barrow have led most of the season. Yeah. But 
Harrogate, uh, Harrogate argument is it's only four points and Barrow were due to come here, which... But uh, no, it's... Look, as I keep saying, the whole thing has been a mess and, you know, add in the fact that Berry disappeared and we need they need replaced anyway, you know, it so... needs to get back to 72 clubs next season because... I, 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 think what, I think what will happen in the end is one of Stevenage or Macclesfield will go down... Yeah. And I think Barrow and Harrogate will come up and you'll get yeah. the, the full 72 again. Because yeah. it's interesting. I, I know it's actually because obviously Notts County aren't too far behind Harrogate. But actually their manager did come out and say he'd be comfortable with the idea of Barrow and Harrogate going up, I think. Because yeah, it's, it's yeah, they, yeah. Which, which was a big call. Yeah, that's a pr- pr- yeah, pretty that, fair. That was, really, a, you know? that was a very... Yeah, yeah. Pretty decent. And yeah, but then again, of... He might be looking and thinking we'll be the big, you know, the big fish in the pond next season. So... We should be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's an interesting one. It's one that definitely needs resolved. Um, let's move briefly on to League One and the Championship. It seems the Championship is going to return in a couple of weeks. No massive surprise. There's a bit of money there, so they can afford to do it. Um, League One's just an absolute mess, isn't it? It's clubs arguing with each other. There seems to be this small group of clubs yeah. that have to change the rules and make it... What, an You've got big clubs who haven't done as well as... Yeah. Sunderland. Let's name them. You've got big clubs who haven't done as well as I think they should. Sunderland, Peterborough, and Ipswich. Yeah. You know, well, Peterborough aren't a big, big club, but their their chairman has uh, delusions of grandeur. (laughs) But no, at the end of the day, those clubs aren't in the playoffs because they're not being good enough so far. And under the points per game, is it Wickham? But Wickham would go in there. Yeah, but they will go out because Wickham will go above them. Yeah. But then Wickham are in but a situation, aren't they? They've said that the, they can't afford to run to do games behind closed doors because they're losing something like three hundred grand a month yeah, for them. Yeah. So it's it, yeah, it's yeah. difficult. And then also Andy Holt, who but basically you know, football just hasn't covered itself in any glory. Yeah, yeah, that's where the problem is. And I think League One's a, a little microcosm of, isn't it? And that it's sort of caught between being the standard of sort of League Two clubs where they really haven't got much money, and then like you say, those big clubs who probably think they should be in the championship, who have got a bit of money and are desperate to play the games. I think Andy Holt obviously always has a, an opinion, doesn't he, on a, on matters. Um, and he's obviously come out and said that that 140 grand cost for tests and it just isn't affordable for them, Accrington, to carry on games. I know a lot of Blues fans follow him on Twitter. He's been very he's been very quiet recently, Andy Holt, mm. which, you know, he's, he's normally not... Uh, Something's going on anyway, I would say. I'd imagine they're working towards this, probably the same solution that League 2 has. And I think because there's so many clubs in there who are really struggling financially, I'd imagine that the decision will be made for them, basically, that they'll yeah, vote yeah, the bigger yeah. clubs and the season will be ended and the which, playoffs will be played. Which then brings the threat of legal action from the likes of Peterborough and Tranmere have been kicking up a fuss, haven't yeah. they? Because they're in what? the... Try the me. bottom three, but they've got they've got a game in hand which could maybe see them leapfrog. But based on points per game, Tranmere will be relegated, I think, by zero point zero six points. So you can sort of <laughs> yeah, understand yeah. why they're sort of a bit miffed. Yeah, but it, it's it's unprecedented times. But on the the other side, they're in the bottom three for a reason, you know. Yeah, yeah, they've had issues also with. They've the been one of the three worst teams, yeah, well. yeah. But but yeah, yeah they haven't yeah. done as well as they probably would have expected, and it's unprecedented times and. There needs to be some give at some point. Yeah, hope, I would say hopefully when we uh, record our next next edition, these decisions will have finally been made and we'll uh, we will have the actual full League Two lineup for next season. Yeah, hopefully, and uh, 
you never know, we might be having a, a derby against Barrow. It would be typical for Barrow, wouldn't it? They'd be waiting for years to play a derby against us uh, at Holker Street, and it'll be played behind closed doors, probably. Uh, <laughs> it'd just be Sod's Law. Um, okay, we'll briefly finish up this. A boxing last... day behind closed yeah, doors. That, that would be Sod's Law, wasn't it, really? All sat at home with the turkey sandwiches, yeah. watching on a iFollow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll briefly finish off this bit, Dan, um, and just discuss what's going to happen next season well we won't go into too much deal because we can probably do this in another episode but we don't know when next season's going to start yet do we and it's clear that football's not going to be played with fans until probably early next year how clubs are going to survive with that are they going to have to rely on fans paying for to watch the games that i follow or something like that when does the season start do you maybe scrap the cup competitions for one season to fit games in there's a lot of difficult decisions that are going to have to be made so many questions and very few answers at present and as we've just alluded to, we probably can't start answering half of these until we hear what happens at the EFL. Uh, I would say the FA, daft as it sounds, the FA Cup could be at more danger than the League Cup because the FA Cup won't have the non-league teams in the early rounds. True, because they might not start is, all the winter. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. I, I, I personally think it would be about September when we started with. August used for training and friendlies, but it would be no surprise if it was even October, you know. Yeah, it's one of those things we can all be thankful that it probably means no leasing dot trophy next season, anyway. That's 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 the the bonus we take. Oh, I'm this. sure they'll find a way to keep that, yeah. And we'll, they'll find a way to keep that, yeah. don't you, buddy? Well, the interesting we'll, we'll discuss in another episode, um, some interesting comments from Rick Parry about uh, the way the Premier League are treating EFL clubs through all this, um. The, Rick Parry obviously being the chair of uh, the Football League these days. Um, he had some very interesting comments, didn't he, say to the, I think, the Select Committee, I think it was, in a, in Parliament about that. Yeah, we'll discuss yeah, that in a bit yeah. more depth because um, I think it's something that does need talked about. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think probably, we could probably leave that bit there, to be honest, because I don't think we can say much until after Tuesday's meeting and we know what's going to happen going forward. No, no. Uh, once, once we hear from it and uh, we we make our notes on Rick Parry, we'll, uh, we'll get another one recorded. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, thanks again for your time, Dan. Always good to have a catch-up on all things no uh, Carlisle United. Um, so we'll look to get together next week after the EFL EGM to discuss the fallout. Um, we might discuss the financial implications for Carlisle United going forward and look at some of the stuff that Nigel Clippings and David Hallsworth, who we haven't really discussed in this episode, have been going through and we'll go through some of the, their comments. Um, yeah. We'll also hopefully get started on some of the special episodes. So keep an eye out for them. If you've got any comments or feedback or there's anything you'd like to suggest we discuss, please send them in via Twitter to at Brunton Bugle or by email to bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and up the blues. Oh, and